<laughs> yes. I, uh, I wrote out a longer introduction, but I pre appreciate you leaving me some extra time to speak. So, and actually, I think I'm. Yeah, I think I'm uh, breaking some tradition with the iPad this year. So, if you don't like what I have to say, it's technical difficulties. Let's just. Um, you know, I thought it would be good to talk a little bit about the theme before we get started. God's disruptive goodness, or the disruptive goodness of God, depending on how you want to say it. Um, pretty tough topic, especially on an opening on a Thursday night, but um, I wanted to say, what, what I did, we have a planning committee that, you know, works and puts this stuff together, so what I did is I took notes during the planning committee just to, on some of the titles that fell off, and so I want to give you some background, some context on how we got here, so it'd be okay if I read some of the ones that didn't make it. Okay. Are we there yet? If it ain't broke, keep trying to fix it anyway. How to avoid people. Just relax. What is going on? Are you serious? Okay, this will hurt a little. Take a vacation from your problems. Being normal is overrated. Ten steps on how to stay below the radar. Action steps towards relevance. How to manage that one guy in your church. Gosh, you guys related to that one. Um, how to create an organic church with these 10 steps that are never to be broken. <laughs> Franchise opportunities. A family reunion for strangers. Being pessimistic can affect your optimism. You're not fooling anybody. Tear the roof off your neighborhood. These get steadily more violent, I've noticed, as you... <laughs> It was a long weekend, so um, is anybody out there? That was Phillips, I think, wherever Philip was. Um, rip it off like a Band-Aid. It hurts less. It's the economy, stupid. Change that we want. All right, okay. How to, how to smash your influential piggy bank. How to leverage all your relationships in one weekend. Yes, it's October. Funny people make great ushers. If you would like your church to grow, smile. Dump your trash. It's covenant time. That one was close. We almost went with it's covenant time. Let's mess with Texas. That was... Where is your green card? Think solar. Bigger is 10% of the time always better. How to, make the, how to make the guy taking the offering feel covered. Make a huge splash in a very small pool. Get your blessings here. Calibrating your personal GPS. God speaking, please have your cell phone on vibrate. Who's relevant? And then finally, Ohio is fun. But we, you know, at the end of the day, we ended up with God's disruptive goodness. And I don't know, I, I th we may have missed, I guess we'll, we'll kind of figure it out by the end of the weekend. We'll do a survey and see where we come out. But, you know, that, that, the, the theme of this weekend, like I said, I, I, 
you know, in terms of defining it, I almost had to do it through synonyms. So I just wrote down a few, but uh, disruptive, I mean, it's troublesome, it's disturbing, it's upsetting, it's unruly, it's rowdy. When we talk about disruption, we're typically not speaking of something positive. Um, dis- disruption is the cousin of disturbance. Disturbance is the uncle to annoyance. <laughs> Bottom line is not if, if, let's see, bottom line is not if, but when God interjects his will into our five-year plan or defined expectation we feel intrude upon. So when, the bottom line is when, when God disrupts our plan at any point, and I'm speaking for myself, I know everybody in the audience probably has a hard time relating so far, but when God interjects into my life or my five-year plan, it feels troublesome, it feels disturbing, it's upsetting, I'm a, it's a little unruly, and I'm just not quite settled on it. To me, a disruption shouldn't be any bigger than a cell phone going off during a church service. I mean, that's about as big as disruption that I'm ready for. But, but now, especially in, in terms of what Dennis just said and some things that we're going through back, at the, back in California, we're dealing with bigger disturbances when people get ill, friends get ill, um, a friend dies, a house is lost, a business collapses. But God is disruptive by nature. He doesn't go with the flow. He's not interested in making the best of our situation. He's interested in the situation making us draw near to his will. His disruptions are always bigger than us. His disruptions are about extending his kingdom. Our failures are his success. Our setbacks may prove to be his tipping points. Our crisis is his glory. Os Guinness says, every day is a prayer of faith. So what I want to talk about just uh, and what I feel like God's been speaking to me and, and share with you all, and I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time tonight. Um, I just hope that... Uh, what God's given me blesses you and challenges you. I feel like I was reading Jeremiah a little bit, and he said, um, you know, God said, brace yourself. And, you know, just basically, just say what I tell you to say. So that's kind of what I'm going to try to do, and then I'm going to get back in the, in the seat. So um, I'm bracing myself. But if you want to turn to Joshua 5, if you have your Bible, and we'll read a few verses. I'll let you know I'm speaking out of the Bible, so make sure it's all legit. Um, we're talking about the fall of Jericho. And this is Joshua 5, verse 13. Joshua 5, verse 13. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or are you for our enemies? Neither, he replied, But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does the Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now, when we read Joshua, 
I mean, at least I do, you kind of skip over that because all we talk about is Jericho. But I guarantee you, if one of you was coming through the door and there's a guy holding a giant sword before you walk through the store, that would be like majorly disruptive. And that would be probably one of the most disruptive things that's ever had happened in your whole life. Right? So I'm, I think he's probably glowing too. I don't know for sure. I'm reading into it. But the, this, this guy is with a sword. It's drawn. And, and Joshua, Joshua's a stud. I mean, he really is. And every guy wants to be him. Every girl wants to date him. I don't know. Um, but this, so Joshua is like, he's in, he's in game mode. You can tell because the guy's with a sword and he goes, you with us or are you against us? Like basically, if you're against us, I'm going to cut your head off. So he's like in, he's in game mode. He's in, he's ready. He's about to come out the tunnel. Um, how many times when God disrupts our lives do we assume God is on our side? You know why? Because why wouldn't he? Because we're right after all. It's the other person's issue that God's dealing with. You all realize that, right? Pray for that person. Pray for that enemy because God's got to deal with that other person. It's, it's definitely about the other person. Well, when Joshua asked the question, the, man, the answer came back, neither. I'm not on your side. I'm not on their side. I'm on God's side. Let's be real clear about that. Like, you're not... Don't dictate. Like, this isn't about me. This isn't about you. It's not about them. It's about me. It's about God. Joshua falls face down as the commander instructs him to take his sandals off because he is on holy ground. Do you know that when we're in the midst of God's disruption, we are on holy ground? God is not on your side, and he's not on their side. God's on God's side. The quicker we get on his side, the quicker we realize that there's a tremendous blessing in his disruption. You know, I, I just was thinking about this. I, you know, I just mentioned like pregame um, and the, the game face that, and I'm going to try not to be a total meathead tonight, but I can't help it. Sometimes it just, I, I want to throw like a sports analogy out there, but okay, so a little bit of backdrop. It's the fourth quarter. For Israel. Okay. 40 years in the desert. 400 years of slavery. This thing's been building up. This is not like, hey, let's, uh, we want to do that. I mean, this is 440 years of buildup. And the ball is on the goal line. It's, it's inches. They can see the touchdown. They can see Jericho. I mean, this is like major crunch time. The starting quarterback's gone. Joshua's like the first-round draft pick that came in, and he's ready to take the ball. He's ready to do it. So I think Joshua probably had a plan. He probably, I don't know what his plan was, but he probably had a pretty good plan involving catapults, and I don't know what he had, but I'm sure he had a game plan. And I think his response to this man with the sword dictates what kind of mode he was in. It shows that he was so focused. Just score. Just take us to the promised land. Just do whatever you got to do to get us through these walls. Take Jericho. So 400 years of slavery. 
Parting of the Red Sea. Now it's time to score. I would be thinking shock and awe, personally. I'm maybe a trick play. Um, and this will be my last sports analogy, but God calls an audible. He basically changes the, he changes the direction that Joshua was going to go at the line of scrimmage. Okay, so Joshua's on his way, and he says, okay, let's do something a little bit different. I've got an idea. How about, um, you're going to walk around the city once a day, and um, I can just like, see Joshua. Obviously, he's on his face, he's, but just going, man, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> you know, like, um, walk around it once a day, and then on the seventh day, we'll blow the trumpets, and then they'll have the people shout, and the city will be yours. I don't think Joshua was planning on that. Today we study great military leaders and tactics. This one has never been duplicated. (laughs) Ever. Can you imagine when we went into Baghdad, the CNN or Fox coverage saying, and there they are. They're walking around Baghdad. (laughs) And now they're taking a break. They're camping. Okay. (laughs) Day two. They're walking around Baghdad. Oh, there's no weapons. There's these horns they're carrying. I mean, this is not like strategery, as, they, as Bush would have said. But I mean, I, you have, this is the real people in a real city with a real enemy with real walls. And they're walking around the city. And Joshua's just been given this very, very unusual game plan. <clears throat> When Joshua was disrupted on that day by the commander, it was bigger than him. Our disruption includes and involves those around us. When God spoke to Joshua, his will was for obedience to his will. The obedience affected Israel. It surely affected the city of Jericho. The deliverance required the whole nation to shout. God's disruption leads to salvation. God's disruption brought salvation to Rahab, the prostitute. Rahab is the great, great, great grandmother of David and direct lineage to Jesus. The disruption is having an effect. This disruption to Joshua on this road is having an effect on the world right now. The disruption forever defined the human race. The goodness of God's disruption has a ripple effect that you may never know. You're sitting here because of God's disruption. C.S. Lewis has what he calls a two-edged character. He goes on to say that we are called to be against the world but for the world. Oftentimes it seems like we want the intimacy with Jesus, but we also want a trouble-free life. What I'm saying is that intimacy with the Father and effectively fulfilling His purposes involve His disruption. Disruption does not come without cost. God's disruption, as I see it, first causes a loss of courage. Then it leads to a loss of continuity. Then we question God's credibility. And finally, we lose our identity. So, 
speaking in, 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 my, in my life, I think, you know, like Dennis mentioned about a little over three years ago, I was um, given an opportunity to start my own business that wasn't really uh, my idea. So I was kind of encouraged to do so. Um, by my former employer, I guess. Um, but the, it's one of these things where it was a disruption. It was a disruption in my life that at first, I think, breathed a lot of um, um, inferiority and um, distrust. I felt courageous, but it was probably fake. Oh, I can do this. And I was like, no, I can't. Um, Loss of continuity. I have a, there's no paycheck. Made me question God's credibility. Who's really in charge? Do you really know what you're doing, God? Because I have a, like a I have such a good plan here. In fact, I had it laid out perfect, and then you so screwed it up right here. <laughs> and then finally, a loss of identity. I didn't know. Um, I just. It was out there. I felt like I had the, I, you know, I met, I met with my dad a number of times, and we still talk a lot about it, but my toes are at the edge of the cliff, and I'm just totally flailing. My dad's like, that's a great place to be. <laughs> yeah, you should, come, why don't you come join me? <laughs> it's beautiful. The view is beautiful from here. Do you know that, in, that Joshua, in the chapter after Jericho has fallen, he suffers a defeat by the hand of another enemy? And um, Joshua actually says, it would have been better if we stayed on the other side of the Jordan. And, I mean, that's Joshua, like the same guy. Like a chapter later, he's like, okay, we just got beat. They lost like, I think, 3,000 people. You know, it probably would have been better if we didn't do that whole thing. And this is this mighty man who, you come through this major battle this major significant disruption, no going back, and then he's down on his face, ripping his clothes off and crying. And uh, um, saying, I should never have come here. After God shares his in, in, um, Abram, he shares it with him his inheritance, Abraham makes a sacrifice to the Lord, and, and vultures come down and pick at it. This was something I heard Joseph Garlington say, but sometimes when we make a sacrifice to the Lord, we come through something. When God's really spoken to us, all of a sudden the birds start picking at it. And it says that Abraham got up and just drove those birds away. So just because we move through this, God has this major disruption, we have this new revelation. The enemy is so quick to just, these birds just start picking at it. And just, it all of a sudden you start, you start all over again. Oh man, now you lose the courage and you're, you're wondering about your identity. And God has so much grace for us. It's just unbelievable. But we're serving a radical God. He doesn't settle for anything. He involves us in the disruption. Do you know that God knows that he already won the war? Like he knows that. <laughs> but he simply choose, chooses to allow us to take part in the victory. I mean, this could, be very, this could be over really quick. I mean, in our time, like right now, he could just say, okay, you guys are done. But he allows us, through disruption, through speaking into our lives, to actually take part in the victory with him. I think oftentimes, 
his disruption is embarrassing. Sometimes the most painful part. Realizing that we're not in control, that we're vulnerable. We have a future fixation that has become a drumbeat in our lives that drives us past the opportunities that are his disruptions. The bottom line is a man or woman who lives by faith just flat out doesn't fit in. I said that I spoke a few weeks ago back at um, the Saddleback Covenant Church. I mean, they say the Ohio State, so I just say the Saddleback Covenant Church. And, um, but one of the things that was a, a new revelation to me, and it was something my sister Erin had said, and you'll hear from them later this weekend, but they're going through a tremendous, op- uh, I say opportunity. That's like, come out to the edge of the cliff. Come on, it's great out of here. It, they're going through a very trying time with their son, Cade, um, who is working through a brain tumor, and uh, many of you have heard of that, that story. But Erin said, she goes, you know, it's, it's amazing that I go into a, a waiting room, and I'm just accepted into this group of people. It's not talking from a point of, you know, you, what you really should try, or this may be a good idea. All of a sudden, she's one of them. And it's given, it's given them a new citizenship. And God's disruption gives us, it's like stamping our passports. The challenges we're going through with health, um, losing friends, jobs, housing, anything you can think of is stamping your passport and giving you opportunities and new citizenships into different circles that you didn't have before. And you're speaking to people on a different level because you're relating to them in the pain and you're showing God's goodness in the midst of that pain. And the ripple effect of that is you can't measure it. <clears throat> a disruption with his perspective, it's a, manif- it's a manifestation of his will in our lives. A disruption with his perspective is a manifestation of His will in our lives. Well, God is good, and He's, he's good all the time, and um, I really appreciate the opportunity to share. I mean, I feel like, um, I mean, I don't know how long I get to carry the next generation tag or the young man tag, but it's quickly fading, I think. But I, I, really, I really respect everybody in this room. Um, and I know that, I mean, the way that God, the stories of change and, um, and the things that God is doing throughout our lives that I think anybody in the room could be up here talking. And I just feel very honored by it. And I, I don't stand here um, as a person that has really worked through something, <laughs> saying, hey, if anybody wants to talk about disruption, you know, I'd be right over here and I'll give you some tips on how to handle that. I feel like it's a constant phase uh, where it's, you know, it's kind of constantly changing and I just really appreciate the opportunity to to speak tonight, and hopefully that blesses you. Amen.